Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, today we've got two call-ins, and we're going to start kind of like on a heavy, sad note, which I don't like to do, but I think it needs addressing. Here's one caller who's got a toxic boss that you're not going to believe, and yet she's staying there for the sake of her kids. Let's see what I have to say to her. And Hannah, who has such a happy problem, she's been in business less than a year and can't keep up with the sales. What do you do when you have that happy problem? I've got some good advice for both those ladies. Tune in. Dearest Barbara, and I could really use your advice. I'm currently working for a bad boss, and I know it. Complete with a total lack of trust and a diminishing self-confidence in myself and my abilities. I used to be the rock star of our department, and now I second-guess every decision, afraid to make a mistake. I helped him build this business from nothing six years ago, and yet I received no credit or even appreciation for it. Being a problem solver by nature when I offer suggestions for business expansion or even a more positive outlook on the day ahead, it's met with ridicule and a demeaning attitude. He has even gone as far as to take ideas that I've suggested after he's told me how stupid they are and represent them as his own a few weeks later. In addition, my skill expansion has suffered tremendously by doing the same thing day after day. There's no mental stimulation or future advancement in my skill set. Now, that being said, the pay and hours are incredible. I currently work part-time and would have to work double somewhere else for the same pay. If I were to leave, I would not only have to put both my kids in aftercare programs, but also possibly have to be on call for emergencies. Oh, and did I mention that I also have a 401k profit-sharing plan with this company? I feel like a well-paid punching bag. I have made a list of pros and cons, and it seems one side is mostly emotional, while the other is mostly monetarily driven. In your opinion, which outweighs the other, and how do I change my mindset? Thanks in advance, and I'll be listening. Love everything you do. Have a wonderful day. So you have a toxic boss who's very, very bad for you, and it's great that you see it for what it is, and that you have some days that are better than others is some justification with, oh, today might be a good day, almost like being married to an alcoholic. Is he on the bottle today, or is he off the bottle today? It's kind of like being the abused wife who's at home and saying, is he going to hit me today, or is he going to love me today? That kind of a thing. Very unhealthy relationship at home and at work, all right? You mentioned to me just now that you used to work with him and then decided to follow him when he was starting his own business, when he was going out on his own and helping him set up the business. That kind of made you the wife yeah. versus the colleague. And very often that unleashes in certain personality types abusiveness because they start taking you for granted. You've worked there how many years? Six with just him. Six with just him. So one thing I can tell you is he knows he has you. He knows yeah. he controls you. He knows you love having those shorter hours for good pay, and he's holding you hostage. So he knows he could come home at night and abuse you because you're totally reliant on him to feed the kids and pay for the mortgage. It's a parallel to that, all right? How do you get out of an abuse situation where you leave yourself whole, and yet when you need the situation to live? Yeah. 
That's a challenge, okay? But one that takes a tremendous act of courage to start going into the right direction to get rid of it. That you have to get rid of it is very obvious to me because you might think you're working at full capacity. You might think you're very good at what you do. But words like diminishing my self-confidence has a total lack of trust in me. That kind of stuff, you don't know what that takes from you till it's taking from you day in and day out. It takes a tall person and makes them small. It takes a confident person and makes them wonder, what really was my talent? It takes someone who is extremely capable of doing much bigger things in the future and being much better paid and taking on much more responsibility and makes that impossible because you're in a cage where the guard coming in at night is like throwing an insult on the way out after he throws you in the food tray. So I know I'm painting an ugly picture, but I really have to say that toxic bosses are called toxic bosses because they're poisonous, not just to the work situation, but to the individual's soul, heart, spirit, and capacity to be better and stronger and grow forward. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You have some competitors in your heart, however, that have to be dealt with. One is your kids. You have a situation which you've provided for your children where they're very well taken care of by you because you have these exceptional hours where you can work half the amount of time, but get, in your mind, twice the amount of money. And that's the practical hook that keeps you on that hook. But I would challenge your assumption that you can't replicate that somewhere else. I would also challenge the assumption that you can't work full time for the same pay for someone else and then renegotiated through your actions and your ability to perform back to a situation that's ideal yet again, but without the toxic boss. So I don't know if I fall for your two big assumptions that you can't find a similar job with similar hours for the same pay for a good person. And I don't know if I would accept the fact that you can't possibly work full time and work something as an interim out for your children to get rid of the toxic boss. And I'm going to give you the best motivation why. It's a terrible thing for your kids to have a mother who is being abused. They should not feel that, be exposed to it, and I'm sure you're hiding it from them. But in the end, they're going to feel that energy level, a lack of energy level. And you're cheating your kids by allowing him to steal your emotional goodness. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's not that I'm afraid of the hard work. It's just that now that I've been doing the same thing over and over, I find myself less marketable. But I think you're right. I think I could really put my nose to the grind and make the money that I'm making now. It's just going to be about a, a year or so before I lose my kids in aftercare or... For some reason, listening to you right now, I don't believe you'll make that change. I don't know why I'm saying that. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm doubting, okay? But I'm feeling in my bones. I hear the words, but I don't hear the music. Let me put it differently. You're putting up with abuse a few hours a day. And you feel like, at least for the abuse, I'm double paid for it. Right. At least for the abuse, my kids are in the right school situation in my life. So that's a big benefit. I'm putting up with the abuse because I have a 401k I don't want to walk away from, which, by the way, that's not the case. You know, right. you should check on that. That's a misnomer. You won't walk away from it. But I think what you're not taking into account is not the two hours where he's in a bad mood that you're working tomorrow morning, but you're living with that. It's a lifestyle now. Surely sometime between when you pick up your kids from daycare and go to bed at night, that guy enters your head or some conversation or something abusive. That takes you down a notch. 
The reason you're thinking you might not be marketable is not that you aren't marketable and maybe exactly as you are with a freshly written resume. It's because he's already eroded your confidence to control your thinking to make you think you're not. He has already done that damage, all right? If you said to me instead that you have a resume and you've been sending out aggressively and you never get job interviews or every job interview that comes in is a third of your pay, I'd listen to that because that sounds like fact. But I don't fall for what you're saying through the filter of abuse because it's like a funny house mirror where you look at yourself and all of a sudden you're wiggly and fat. That's not you. He's got you looking in that funny house mirror because that's what abusive people do. I'm going to paint a picture of what is possible. Picture for a moment that you're working for someone else. And just like the winner you said you used to be, you used to be the rock star. Everyone on the team that you're associating with, not just one individual, a team of people. I was like, wow, look what she did. Hey, she's hot. Wow, look at her. Go talk to her. She always has the answer. All the things that give you that slap on the back in life that makes you feel like a million bucks. Picture yourself in a job like that. Picture you doing only four hours a day. Picture it for the same pay you're getting now or maybe even more a year from now. Picture that kind of life for yourself. And you come home, your kids are getting older and over the dinner table, you're going, hey, you know what my boss said to me today? Hey, you know, one of my colleagues, la, la, la. And you have stories to tell with energy to tell that are positive. That's what you owe your kids as a mother. So how are you going to get rid of that toxic crap as quick as you can with a deadline written in stone or with a black magic marker, however you do it emotionally for yourself, where you say, that's as far as I'll go and I'll settle for what I have to settle for, even if I have to switch to school, if I have to do this. But my major goal is to get rid of this bad guy. What would you have to do? What would your action steps be right now to get rid of him two months from today? What would you have to do? I know you'd have to rewrite your resume. Definitely. Well, I have a semi-updated resume, so I just need to finish that up. And then, honestly, I would probably just have to start calling around to some of the relationships that I've already built, but I've built within this company. So I don't know if I need to alert him, like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to be leaving, and don't blackball me, basically. Nah, he's going to blackball you. You can count on it. I know. He's going to viciously blackball you. That's why you have to be preemptive. No, you don't want to tell him you're planning on leaving and don't blackball me. That's just not going to work. It's not his nature. He'd like to be nice, but he's not. No, I think you get your resume finished and in order. And if you have a circle of influence where you have people within your industry, and do you mind if I just interject one question? What position do you have there? What do you actually do? I'm a technician. He's not a real bad guy. He doesn't mean to do what he does. That's what I was hearing that sentence coming in. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's so true. It's true. You're absolutely right. And I see it and I saw it before. Let me ask you something. Did you have an abusive dad? Do you mind my asking? No, my dad took off when I was young. Ah, well, that's kind of abusive. It gets a child to accept less from a man if he's not around. So maybe this guy's abuse is better than having nobody. I guess. I mean, I've always just kind of Okay. How about, I'm going to give you a business plan. You finish your resume by tonight. And if you have to be with your children all day today, by tomorrow night, take an extra day. Okay. You get it in order. You make a long list of every contact you have in your field. 
okay? Anyone you've rubbed shoulders to that you've smiled at with that great personality you have that comes bouncing right through. Make a list of every contact. It doesn't have to be a higher person who's in charge of hiring. Uh, it could be an assistant that's a sweetheart because what you really want to do is you want to get the longest list possible of people you could send your resume to that can simply say, I'm looking to change to a different, whatever the right language is in your field, and I've attached my resume. And on the subject line should simply say, who do you know? Question mark. One line with an attached, with appreciation, that's all. And send it out to everybody in that list by the time Friday comes. You might have to scout around for emails and stuff like that. Do not give this man the courtesy of letting him know. If he hears back from someone else, deal with it then, because he will respect you more coming from that position than if you're being nice to him because nice guys abuse niceties better than you. Hey, why didn't you tell me? Because I didn't think you'd be nice. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah. Okay. Now what you can do is if you get enough of that stuff out, see what's out there, see what it drags in. Also go online and send that resume to at least every single person. Don't pay any attention to what the salary is. Nothing. Just realize you're going to start interviewing. And if you get out, say, 30 resumes to contacts and actual positions, and the next week make your goal 20 or 10, whatever's realistic, and then also have the goal, I must have at least two interviews. Just go out to any interview. You are going to find something that's perfect for you. I have no doubt in my mind, but you're locked up in prison by this jerk. And that's the only thing keeping you from the dream job. All right. I'm going to do it, Barbara. Write it down with the dates, with the deadlines. We all need that. I get nothing done unless I have a to-do list with a deadline. And I'm a doer. But you yeah. must write it down, these two, three pieces steps with the deadline. One last thing on your to-do list. Exactly a month from today, send me an email and tell me where you stand. How many interviews? How many resumes went out? Give me a report card. You don't have to have a job one month from today. But give me a report card. I want you accountable so that I could abuse you if you're not getting it done. I'll abuse you. <laughs> Not really, but okay, no, but accountability ain't a bad thing. It makes you realize somebody's watching, right? Absolutely. I have high hopes for you tremendously, and I really appreciate you calling. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. Thank I you. I will definitely take your advice. Okay, thanks. Bye. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love, my friends at On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. Hi, Barbara. My name is Hannah. I'm calling from Minneapolis. And my question is about how do I slow down when things are going well and there's a lot of opportunities on my plate, but I feel like I'm not ready for all of the great opportunities that are ahead of me in my business, which I'm just starting. I have sales going one way, production moving, and both moving fast, but not keeping up with each other, if that makes sense. And I want to tell people, yes, I will have this ready by that date, but knowing that it's kind of a risk and I don't want to let them or myself down. So my question is, how do I slow down when I'm so excited to move forward and I don't want to screw myself over in the future by going too fast? Thanks so much. I really have enjoyed listening to you. Bye. Hannah, what a nice problem to have. Things are going too quickly after just a year in business. This is a problem that half the people listening wish they had. 
Uh, but what I really like about what you're asking is the tone of caution in your voice, saying it's going well, going well, but I don't want to disappoint anybody by not coming through. I'm paraphrasing what you said, of course, but that's the messaging I'm hearing. That's the most important question to ask yourself. How do you deliver and yet not turn away opportunity? I would suggest you start by going through a simple exercise, which I did every six months of my entire life, building a business that was always going too fast and getting too big for me to possibly keep up with. Almost like my business was ahead of me, which is a scary feeling, but a wonderful, thrilling feeling but a very dangerous position to be in because you can promise a lot and suddenly find yourself not delivering exactly what you promised, okay? So this was my technique. It worked for me. Maybe it will work for you. I would leave my place where I was working. I would go to the public library and I would make a list of uh, what I did well. You said your sales are going in one direction and your production's moving in a different direction as though you can't keep up with one or the other. I would force myself to choose one, even though you're newly in business. What are you better at, the sales end or the production end? I'm going to hope it's sales, which I believe it is. And then go out and find someone on a part-time basis, full-time basis. Take that leap of faith and get someone to take over or take over most of the production for you so that you have that help. And third, never promise to the customer what you don't know for certain you can't deliver. And if you can't deliver to the customer exactly what they want, don't worry about it. Nothing sexier than saying to a customer, I can't deliver what you want for the date you want, but I could deliver a quarter of it if you want it. Or you could be first in line. It's like the appeal of a restaurant when the cars are stacked outside. Everybody wants in. And so don't be afraid of saying to the customer, I can't deliver on time. Be afraid of not delivering to the customer on time. That's the only thing to be afraid of. And you're already afraid of it, so I'm not worried about you. Good luck. You're going to have a boom second year if you could delegate a portion of your business. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Audiation.